Good evening, everybody. Welcome once again to yet another episode of Cousins for Christ, where we're just three cousins who like to get together and talk about Christ. Well, it's a new year, guys. We're starting season two. Uh, it's great to be here, joined by my two cousins, Absolutely. Chris Mash. Hello. Jeremy Hall. Hello. I'm Jeff Hall. And it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, yeah, I missed it. I missed being away. We've uh, been a little bit of sickness going around and uh, holidays and but we're excited to be back uh, doing this again, and we're going to kick off uh, the, the new year with talking about uh, the importance of daily Bible study, reading our Bibles and and getting those out and reading on them every day, and why that's important and uh, the benefits that we're all going to get from doing that. And it got me thinking, too, you know, a lot of folks uh, this time of year were People are starting, you know, their New Year's off with some different resolutions yep. and stuff. And, you know, why not make reading the Bible every day one of your resolutions? The whole New Year, new me kind of deal. What? How? New, yeah. The but New Year, new me. How could you possibly be any more new than being renewed within the body of that Christ? That's correct. That's fact. What a good segue right there. You see it there before we screw it up. All right. <laughs> see y'all next week. <laughs> but, but it is true. Like, a lot of people are trying to change themselves and then trying to. Uh, Maybe strengthen some, you know, work on some weaknesses, lose weight, getting in shape. You know, that's one of the things we hear. But how about how about your spiritual shape? Where, where do you stand with that? Which is the most important, I feel. I feel like your spiritual shape, the older I get, leads more into those other areas of your life. Like wanting to take care of yourself, realizing this is God's body. This is, you know, all the things that you do. You put on a self-reflection of yourself. And you can learn on how to self-reflect by opening up your Bible. I think so. I mean, I agree 100. I percent mean, What could be better off than just digging in and getting in there to know the Lord better? And I'll ask this: uh, Do you guys look at your spiritual condition sort of like a muscle that can be strengthened through use and can also be weakened through lack of use? That's a great point. I never looked at it that way before, but it makes perfect sense because someone that digs into their Bible a few times a week is definitely. It's going to be like somebody that goes to the gym three or four times a week. They're actually yeah. their faith is going to stay stronger with somebody that doesn't get into it at all. It only maybe only hears it on Sunday morning. Not saying that they would lose it, but they're not going to gain anything. Right on your spiritual strength. Yeah, I believe it is uh, it's something that we can strengthen and work on and get better at. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons why I think it's important that we that we read our Bibles every day and, and not you know not just read it, but you know to to really dig into it, and I know a lot of times uh, at my congregation, the church I attend, uh, about this time every year, uh, they'll pass out. It's a reading it's schedule. The, it's the reading know, schedule, yeah. Where you can get through the Bible in a year's time, and, and that's great. But I think, too, when you're reading your Bible, it's not just a matter of just trying to just trying to get through it. Read it carefully, you know, see, try to get you, something You can dive it. in and focus on areas that pertain to you know, specifically to you, things you're struggling with. Sure. Um, that's what, I, I mean, I do that a lot besides just getting like daily devotionals. I'll, I'll read things that pertain to me. And especially this time of year can be hard for some people. Very hard. the holidays and stuff. It can be, there's a lot of stuff in there that is very uplifting. Yeah. Well, and we're going to touch on mm -hmm. why Bible study is important to, uh, to helping out with those holidays. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm going to ask both of y'all this. Uh, for somebody that's never read the Bible, that is planning on reading the Bible this year, somebody say, where would you suggest somebody to start? So especially anywhere from intermediate level to beginning level, where would you 
suggest them to start. I, if, if, Are we talking about follower or non-follower? Like, I mean, either could it be. Say, say for instance, if I had somebody that this is just my opinion. There's no right answer to this. A lot of people just grab the Bible and start Old Testament. I don't think for a new person that maybe has known God and known Jesus, but has never really dived into their Word. I would say start in the New Testament. I, I would. And more or less, I would say start in John or Luke. John or Luke? I mean, John, John, Luke. Tell, John I mean, those yeah. are all the Gospels. So they tell, it is. you know, for people who don't know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. They, they're all accounts of, of mm-hmm. Jesus's life. So any one of those would be a good start. That's a good start. And, then and that's the, where you need to learn because that's where yeah. your Jesus is it, revealed to you. And, and, and you don't have to start at Matthew. I'm just no. saying Matthew's more of the Hebrew for it was for the Jews back in the day. And Luke was a Gentile. I'm just saying... I've always was told either John or Luke, and I kind of huh. go with that. It doesn't really matter which one you start at, just as long as you read. I but, think it's important for the first four yeah. to understand if you if you have a low level or experience with with it, then you're introduced yeah. to Jesus. Yeah, I agree. Is, I don't dis- I, I agree. That's I mean, probably yeah, not a bad yeah. place to start you, in the New Testament. You can't go wrong, but I think the best way to do it is I think you should. How read did you explain new- it to me before? That I never thought about the first four and then the rest. The first four. Yeah, we've talked about four here. Is like the first four is for introducing people to Christ. You mm-hmm. never preach to somebody about Christ, anything past Luke or John. Because it leads say. you to the initial salvation, Yeah, because right? once, once you get into Romans and everything past that from Acts to Romans and to Revelations, that's all for believers. So if you're preaching to somebody, you never go to them and be like, if you see them doing something wrong, you don't start preaching and say, oh, you need to fix that. God's going to punish you. <laughs> Because they don't know God. They might not even have Jesus in their life. They, exactly. They don't. You want to introduce them to Jesus, get a relationship with Jesus. Because who are you more likely to do something for? Somebody you know or a stranger? There's yeah. a lot of good stuff in the in the four Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Again, it talks about uh, Jesus's life, and within those four Gospels, a lot of times you're going to have the same account of That's, the same thing happening, just yeah. through a different uh, viewpoint. You've got the same story coming from four different. Perspectives. Now they're not all. Told in every Correct. gospel. Correct. It's like but watching a car wreck and having people at different points on the road witnessing it. I gotta get so dark. But I'm it tells really us a lot sorry. about Jesus, his <laughs> life, his uh, his uh, ministries, his ministry. That's the word. Yeah, I'm that's trying a, to think I heard that. Uh, and and the importance of uh, his death and his ultimate resurrection and his sacrifice and how. Anyway, that's a good good starting point. I would I would think. Yeah. Matter of fact, I would even say read the New Testament three or four times before you ever go back into the Old Testament. And, and talking about reading the Bible, there's a lot of us, I've read through the entirety of the Bible, but every time I read the Bible, whatever it is, New Testament, Old Testament, I always get something new. I gain something additional from it through every reading. Every so, time. Uh, One of the things that's been beneficial for me is, is having a study Bible. Along I, I agree. Because, I've been using mine quite a bit because it, it can give you a, a perspective. And again, it's not holy word. It is that is man written like their explanation or something. But it's been very helpful to go through, especially when I've had trouble reading a passage or something. Because I use the King James and the New King James, and that can be a little bit more. Can you, uh, Chris, explain a little bit to our listeners what a study Bible is and what uh, it does for you? All, all a study Bible is, it has everything exactly the same way. You find the whole all the scriptures. However, at the end of the page, it'll have, at, at like footnote sections, it will have, like, it'll mention, like, all right, chapter one, verse one, this is what they're talking about in this section, and they'll give you, like, a little background. Um, they'll also start off or preface each chapter with, 
you know, a little bit maybe about the writer, who it was who it was written, you know, the time to, period, the time period yeah. things that are going on, and and kind of the overall meaning of the chapter of the of the the theme of it. I found that helpful. It is very and helpful. It's yes. because I've I've thought something one way and and read it and then I was like confused by it and then I look down there and be like it makes sense it makes sense yeah. the way that they wrote it out however we need to say if you use a study Bible and guess, I guess what I've got about four of them yeah yeah you can <laughs> they're not always agree with each other no so they, they will have different opinions in which one mm -hmm. you have and keep in mind the that. footnotes that Chris references those are written by a person it's not the inspired word of God so just keep that in mind uh there are certain things I've read in the footnotes that I didn't necessarily agree with, but it does overall kind of give you a a good viewpoint. Uh, it gives you right. some some uh, historical perspective. Uh, yeah, I think they're useful. And there's some some useful. of them have some some uh, nice pictures and maps and oh, they do, maps, they do, so. yeah. But nonetheless, uh, what are some reasons, guys, that uh, it's important that we open our Bibles every single day? Well, I got to study. Uh, I, we brought this up before. It was from the Center for Bible Encouragement. It's a uh, reading your Bible four times a week, how it improves your life. Okay. Expound on that. One of the things that helps is feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger issues drops 32%. Bitterness in relationships drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Sex outside of marriage drops 68%. Feeling spiritual stagnant drops 60%. Viewing porn drops 61%. Sharing your faith jumps up 200%. And discipling others drop brings up 230%. I mean, uh, sharing your faith actually drop, goes up 200%. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It does not drop. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awkward. And, uh, that is from the, I think it was a Power of Four study. So that's some really powerful psychological benefits. Uh, again, Chris said early on that during the holidays, uh, that can be a hard time for some folks. And I think even this time of year in January, February, when the days are shorter and there's more darkness and uh, you've heard of SAD, seasonal Yeah, well, seasonal disorder. depression and things like that, that that hit, I mean, it hits all of us. It hits me I, for I, sure. I think it does. Yeah. I think nobody's really immune to that. Uh, but feeling lonely, he, Jeremy referenced that, drops 30%. <clears throat> Anger. You're going down thirty-two percent. Uh, bitterness. Because what you what you'll hear people haven't really dove into the Bible. They'll or they've had a, a bad perception of Christians. They'll think the Bible is just this. Well, if you don't do this, this, and this, you're going to hell. There's so much in the Bible that inspires hope and love and and yeah. just just. I mean, you just look at those facts right there. If it was just this all condemning book. Okay. And it would not uplift. Well, let's talk about the first one, feeling lonely. When you read the Bible, you realize real quick you're not alone. No. That God Correct. is always with you. And he's always there to listen to your problems. Now, does he always answer your prayers? No, but maybe that's what's best for you. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have everything you ask and for. As you go through those, think of those under this umbrella of encouragement and strength. When we open our Bibles, uh, as, as Jeremy referenced we're encouraged. Mm -hmm. uh, we're reminded of the of, of God's salvation, His plan for us, that we're His children, that He's going to take care of us. We're reminded that uh, this earth is temporary, that our ultimate goal is to spend our eternity in heaven. So I think there's strength there. So And, and, to, and to touch on that loneliness part, the Bible gives us 
details and, and where God interacted with humans. There was actual interactions, you know, through Jesus and in the Old Testament where he, he, he interacted with them as well. So you're not alone. There have been examples. It's not just this, well, theoretical stuff. There's actual physical interactions from the Bible that God was here. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it's an actual. Yeah. We're not going to have that now. No. But I think we do get that power and strength. But you through. see that there is his, his history that that has happened. That we still right. know he's with us. Correct. Yeah. In spirit. And, and a kind of good examples. Let's just go with you know. I got a verse here. It's like well, people say well, how do you know it's God's word? Well, because you know it tells us it's God's word. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. You know, Second Timothy three. Sixteen to seventeen, all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, and for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, all right. So let's. You say it's it's accurate or, or it's mm-hmm. it's real. What are some of the stuff that we've talked about before on why it's accurate? Like there's there's this there's this big argument about why the Bible. How can the Bible be accurate when there's so many different copies of it? Well, that makes it better. Correct. Because but explain explain that. That was that was something when when I heard it the first time. I was okay, like, wait a so second, what? We have it's it's very embarrassing. I wish I had the stats in front of me, but there's over six thousand ancient manuscripts of mm-hmm. the New Testament alone, which is very embarrassing. That's two thousand years old. Okay, and so let's just put it in perspective. Some of Shakespeare stuff, which is not near as old as the two thousand, may only be three four hundred. There's only like six hundred copies. Mm-hmm. We have 6,000 ancient manuscripts, and they're finding more every day. Not every day, but you know what I mean? Every year they find more. They just found some this last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they found, I think in the 40s, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so if you had one copy, one original, it could be changed very easily. Yeah, you could. Now, were there mistakes on the manuscripts? Because remember, these ancient texts, they were written by hand. So what they could do is they could take five or six to ten, however they want, Say one of them had, this, like, because I don't know Hebrew letters or Greek letters. Say they had an S missing on one. And they could be like, well, this and, one has an S missing on it, but the other five. And when you're and you're talking about a mistake, you're talking about, like, a word off or yes, something Yes, we're else, talking about a word off. like that. That's the only difference is, is there mistakes in them handwritten where you would leave out a letter or something like that? They were, this one would leave but out a letter. When you have 6,000 different have copies different from ones, a span, like, a different yeah, time span, yes. and they do not contradict each other. Yes, if you had 10 copies out, and out of the 10, one of them left a letter off one, which changed the word, but the <laughs> yeah. other nine had that word in, you know that one is just copied. And, we, and we've talked about That's an amazing thing. We talked about it. We called it the phone game yeah. in school. Where the teacher would, would tell one student something and they'd have to turn around. And by the time it got around to like 20 people, it was completely yes. different. Yes. This is a multitude of people writing and contributing to the Bible that, yes. that it does not contradict each other. No, it doesn't. The word is correct. It is the word, the Bible we have today is the same one it's they God's had. God's inspired word. Yes, 2,000 years ago, which they didn't have the Bible that had scrolls Scriptures back then and, and they skulls. put it together later. We have a podcast over that at some point. Well, we have reasonable confidence. Yes. Or we we know the divine that when somebody comes up to you and says, oh, it's been translated so many times. Yeah, it's been translated into other languages. But we still know what Not, those languages mean. We still have texts. There's still people out there that speak ancient Greek. Koine Greek is what they wrote it in. And, they Greek. and we still have people that speak ancient Hebrew that can 
write it. They can translate it. Nobody stuck it. their head in a hat and translated gold plates. Nobody stuck their head and did gold plates that I'm ever know about. Okay. Um, so what are some other reasons why it's important that we uh, well, I mean, we want to get in the habit of reading our Bibles every day? So this is this is the way when before the Bible, when the apostles they had Jesus there, right? They had they could communicate. This is the way God communicates with us today. I've got it's that. God, it's God's word. Sorry, I took your number. No, no, but but it's it's God's word. I wrote it word. down independently. It, it reveals, brings us closer well, to God. It tells us who He is. It reveals His character, and it's God's word to us. To it's God's way of speaking. Yes. yes. To understand God better. That's very mm-hmm. important because what do we also gain from God speaking to us? Knowledge. I've wrote down, uh, if we read our Bibles every day, it's a reminder. One, of God's promise of salvation. Mm -hmm. Also, through God speaking to us, he tells us what that plan for salvation is. And I think it's important every morning. I I read my Bible in the mornings, typically. Uh, It kind of starts your day off with reminding you of your purpose on this earth. How often do we as individuals get caught up in the day-to-day, um, the day-to-day of, of just life, getting caught up in it? And, in the uh, whirlwind? The whirlwind just of life. That we need to be reminded that... starts that, immediately because you got What's your, our purpose, Chris, on this earth? To uh, serve God. Serve God. Spread, spread to the To spread gospel. the word and yeah. to uh, spread the good news. And uh, is this earth that we're living on now, is this where we're going to be spending our eternity? I no. hope not. <laughs> I hope not either, but the point is, our time on this earth is short, and and we need reminding, I think, that, uh, you know, the material possessions, the the things that we're we're, we're involved in every day in our jobs, trying to earn a living, this is all temporary. We've got a bigger purpose. Yeah, once once life gets you down and starts beating on you, it's always good to go back and have the word there and reflect, and it always makes you feel better. I've never read the Bible where I was in a bad mood or upset about something. I didn't come off in a better way when I left. I've written down uh, what you just said. When I read the Bible, I think it's a a message of hope, a message of peace, and a message of joy. And it could be those times, too, those down times that are are God's way of pushing you towards the Bible. Yeah, it's your it's your time to reach out because you need it. You need his help. What does Isaiah fifty five eight remind us of, Chris? All right, um, the NIV says, "As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts." So, in other words, in my translation, I think it said something to the effect that my ways are not your ways. The King James version my says, thoughts are "For not my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways." Exactly. So you mentioned how sometimes the dark times in our lives may be God's way of directly or indirectly steering us back toward Him. Correct. And I agree with you. We don't see the whole picture. We think we do. We don't know no. God's knowledge, the extent of His knowledge and His plan for us. Um, and that's why He tells us, "Don't worry about tomorrow." Tomorrow has its own worries. Worry about to worry about today. As far as yeah. God's plan, I God. would. Rep, uh, rem, I can't think of my words tonight. Uh, right. Remind others. Uh, be receptive to whatever that plan is God has for you. Uh, I don't know what His ultimate plan is for me. I wish I did. Some days I wish He would come down and reveal that to me, but uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, we have. A, I think we have an idea of what we're supposed supposed to do our plans should be it's just getting to that point how we, how yeah but how, how we get there how we get exactly. there exactly that's 
I think it's like when Peter was, and I've said this before, when Peter was walking on the water towards Jesus, as long as he was staring at Jesus, he, mm. he was fly, he was walking on the water. The minute he started looking around you at the what? world and the waves and the wind, he started sinking again. Jeremy, right? I need to really print that out and put that on my, uh, somewhere prominent in my home where I can see that. Because that, that really, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. As long as you keep your eyes on Jesus and your focus on him. I mean, you saw. I think what, it's all good. You when you what, look away is when when trouble. You saw what the repercussions were of looking back with Lot's wife. Yeah, looking back on that, right and on. The, I cannot remember the verse right now. The one about not taking your hand off the plow or, or plowing yeah. forward. Yeah. You looking back? Yeah. What's it? Uh, I forget what verse in the New Testament, but basically, are you referencing where he says anybody who puts his hands to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom correct. of God? Yes, correct. Yeah. And and I and I, I tell that. Uh, um, doing a high school class on Sunday mornings. And I asked the kids that, kids, I mean, they're young adults, but uh, <laughs> they're kids to me. What does it mean to, uh, when you put your hands to the plow, why shouldn't you look back, Chris? You can't You're, change the yeah. past. Well, that was Jeremy, by the what way. Is that, yeah. Chris? He doesn't know. What does looking back do? Like, say you're it, a farmer. It, it, you're off course. Anything. Yeah, if you you're not focus looking ahead, on the goal. How, can you, how can you stay straight and plant a straight no, furrow? No, you can't. It's impossible. Uh, yeah, and, and like you just mentioned, when you look back, I mean, you can't do anything about it. The past is in the past. Hopefully we can learn from that, but we shouldn't. You know, when we put our hands to the plow and we're getting ready to go forward and do work, we can't be looking back. No, when you sit there and hold on to the past, too, if you if you reflect on things that you did wrong, if you were really sincere and repentant for them, you're forgiven of those. You There's are. no sense you in are. sitting there, oh, well, I did this, I was a bad person. If you were truly forgive like forgive or like repent for them there's no need for you to look back you're forgiven of them you need to move forward we've all had things we've all talked about on here where we're we've done in the past that we're not proud of that would not a reflection of a christian i know but I then have. again in romans 3 23 we're told exactly that mm -hmm. we're all gonna sin correct and say some of us we're all gonna sin and fall short correct but luckily through jesus christ our savior we have that avenue of prayer where we can go and ask for forgiveness and so. you found that out by what reading the bible <laughs> What else does reading the Bible do for us? It grows our faith. Increases our faith. It, it changes you. You know, when I the spiritual muscle, it gets stronger. When I first started reading the Bible, I had to reflect. I was like, "Oh, whoa! I do a lot of this stuff. I need to knock mm -hmm. it off." <laughs> You'd be surprised how much you do. But again, just this, like you said, it's God speaking to us. I mean, isn't that important that we know what God's plan for salvation is? Yeah, it is. Hundred percent. We need to know that. We do. So it's educational. But yes. Well, I mean, it helps you, and there's there's a list of things I found some good. It teaches you like how to live like a Christian, as we mm -hmm. talked about. But a big one is how to forgive, which is a struggle for all of us. How to love, how to be able to spot false teaching. What false was the first one you said? How to how to behave is what you said. How to behave? Or, no, you just oh, just uh, how to forgive. The one before that. Oh, uh, I said God's character it teaches how to trust God. Um, one of the things I, I, I want to bring up is uh, <clears throat> it's Christian ethics. If we define ethics as kind of being uh, how we're to comport ourselves, um, how we react to certain situations and, and, and behave and act as Christians, the Bible gives us uh, very plain information on how to do that. There's really no situation in life that's going to come upon us that we're not going to be prepared for if we do what we are told in the Bible. 
So what you're saying that contradicts people that says this book doesn't apply today because it was written so long ago. I absolutely disagree with people who say always, that. The more you read about this, the more you find that it applies And if you want to, to today. Uh, yeah. To go along with what Chris said, to see how applicable this is today, just go back and read Proverbs. Was Proverbs, wasn't that written by Solomon? Yes. Mm-hmm. If you read that, all of the advice and the information, uh, the counsel that's given in those in that book is very much applicable today. Uh, you can say what you want. There's new technology. There's all this, but people have always been people. We've always human nature had the, has not changed exactly. We've always been, human. and I think the people who want to change the Bible or say it's outdated, it's no longer applicable. Well, they want maybe it's it. because they want to change the uh, the goalpost to to Correct. be more in line yeah. with the way they want to live. Now, one thing, and maybe I'm getting off a little bit, but uh, to be a Christian, the Bible tells us and teaches us how to do that. But to be a Christian requires two things. It requires behavior modification, mm-hmm. and it requires effort. Mm-hmm. And sadly, that's two things that many people, they will not, they don't want to do those things. They don't want to quit doing the things that they that, that they enjoy. Even if they are in conflict with God's word, but well, how many times do you hear people aren't going to change? Our person's not going to change. But then again, be... as Jeremy said in one of our podcasts, we don't save anybody. We don't. Uh, all we're told to do, commanded to do, is to spread the seed, the word. God gives the increase, so it's God who actually touches somebody's heart yeah. and it, their hearts and turns it's, them. It's to touch on what you're saying, to become a Christian, you, you got to believe in Jesus, and you really get. Through the people talk about works, right? So works doesn't make you a Christian, but oh, it shows that you are a Christian, like you're saying. If you don't have behavior change once you start following Christ, I beg to differ. If you're really following Christ, how many well, of us still live in the past like we did? How many of us are still doing the things we were doing before we found Christ, like Jeff said? Well, like through the very act of baptism. <laughs> Our sins are washed away. We we were, we're we arise a new body, right? Mm-hmm. We're renewed. We're not the same people. We're supposed to take on, uh, try to be Christ-like. Uh, we're not that same. We hopefully we're not the same people that we were. Yeah. No, and people will get we into don't want to be. No, you no. don't. But people will do what you're talking about. They'll pick and choose one of the things. It'll be faith only yeah. or works. You know what I mean? It'll be all these different. When it's the whole, yeah. The Bible talks about the whole. Tell me, Chris, uh, so when you read the Bible in the mornings, or whenever you read the Bible, what, what does it do? Uh, any personal accounts? I'll tell you, I, I've, I do like devotionals and stuff, and there's always some reason where it always speaks to me. It always seems like there's something that it's applicable to what I'm going through at that moment. It's crazy. Um, but it's uplifting. It it, hmm. it takes away It takes away a lot of the stress, and it just relaxes it, it, it really does it, it give, I've talked about this before peace peace I will tell you you I've talked on this world you're not meant to necessarily be happy or, or all this but I have peace no matter what I'm going through when I read the Bible it gives me peace I'm a warrior by nature oh, yeah. I think and like you mentioned when I sit down in the mornings and uh, I'm reading through scripture there is a piece. It, it kind of reminds me why, like I said earlier, the purpose of why I'm here. 
and it makes me realize that these uh, these things, these earthly things that I've been worried about, are meaningless, really, in the long run. And then you got to think too. It reminds you of the strength that God gives us, and that we're His children. He's gonna take care of us, guys, and uh, it just reminds me and helps me with my faith in that, knowing that you know what? Why am I so worried about this stuff? Is it like God's just gonna throw me out? And uh, you know, no, He's gonna take care of us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I quit worrying as much. I feel an inner peace, and it really kind of directs my mind in the right direction for that day. And I, I also think it helps me with my interactions with other people throughout the day. It, I it, think uh, I'm kinder. I think I'm more cognizant of uh, trying to be a Christian and and and, and act the right way, and, and hopefully say the right things. It does, and I try to start every day, especially when folks start work or something that. I pray that my actions are a representative of a Christian, of God's will. Jeremy, you got any, what is it, what's your daily Bible study do for um, you? It gets my morning started off right. It's like a cup of coffee for some people. It gets my brain going. It gets my emotions going. It gets my feelings going, you know. It gets everything going. It's a jump start. It's a jump start, you know. A lot of value. I, I've done different ways. You know, last year I read it. Uh, when I read the Bible last year, I did it in uh, chrono- chronology. How do you say that? Chronological. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in order, throughout what time in history that people are guessing when it occurred, you know, to kind of split up to make it more interesting. This year, I've just taken a different approach. I'm just starting with Psalms, and then going to Proverbs and doing the poetry part of it. Then I'm going to fall back in different places to get it through. And just That's the thing about reading the Bible is you don't have to start, you know, you don't have to start at New Testament or the Old Testament. You don't have to. You can start wherever you want as long as you hit it all of it, you know. It's so beneficial, though. I mean, whether you're reading in the Old Testament or the New, there's always stuff that you're, you know. It's Why just should you read good. it more than once? Because you learn something new every time. Exactly. There's so some things you forget, some like, things you might miss. Because here's the thing, when you when you are reading it, here's the thing. You need to be in the moment when you're reading it. Now, I have read it mornings where... I'll get through reading it, and I'll be like, yeah, I probably should read that again because I couldn't tell you a thing I read. Yeah. I was just trying to get through it. Well, I think, I think and, you and touched you on You need the, to be there in the moment. The biggest thing you said, have you ever rewatched a movie or reread a book, and there's things you were like, mm-hmm. oh, that really ties to this, or that it ties oh, yeah. to this other thing. You really start picking up on those nuances when you when you go through it a second time. Be like, oh, that's how that connects to that. Yeah. And things you just missed. Yeah. I would like to encourage people to, if you don't already... Uh, start going to church, start participating in Bible studies because what you just said, Chris, when I'm reading something independently, I might look at that passage one way. And I can't tell you how many different times uh, in Bible study with others, they'll bring a new perspective to that, something I never even thought about. Yeah. Well, we've done that here in our discussions. We've done it with here, ourselves. That we've right. Heard. There's been a reflection. But that's of what a big we're... deal. Yeah, I mean, you should just, even if you don't even have a Bible study at church, you can get to the group of friends on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. You know, you just have to lock it down to church meetings. Well, it's good. You um, should go to church. But if you can find a group to learn more that just different well, people Well, that's how help. this came about. We yeah, were exactly. doing a Bible study on Tuesdays with Mr. Fred. Yeah. I mean, just, Jeff goes to Oak Avenue. I went to Akron Hill, and Chris went to the Church of Satan. He's here now. <laughs> We're working on it. 
I'm joking. I'm joking. We hope one day he'll uh, come around. Yeah, man, I like him goats. Let's <laughs> think about horns. I, don't I mean, another thing before we go, uh, what's a good Bible? What Bible should you read? Mm. Oh. I say the one you got in your hand. Yeah, that's well, a good one. You know, well, I have really, several versions. Uh, I probably read the New King James probably yeah. more than any. I like the ESV or the NASB. <laughs> but I will, I will say the King James because my study Bible is King James, uh-huh. and I've been using that through for this year's uh, uh, working my way through the entirety of the Bible. I have to say the King James. There's times when I have to reread passages. Oh, absolutely, times absolutely. Nothing the vernacular of that time is it's not the way we speak, and there's words and different phrases that, that are used that sometimes I don't know what that means. I have to look it up. But uh, what whatever version say, I guess you have. Right? What would you say to someone that says you have to read the King James? No, it's the only way. That's absolutely false. I would I say the people speaking Spanish are in trouble. Because it's in English. I don't agree with that. But, um. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter, the translation. All it is is, the reason there's people like, oh, why is there so many different translations? They're not really. That's because they're trying to, those companies doing it are trying to make money. So you have to change the Bible. Not not the Bible. They change the wording of the Bible 10%. Then they can make a different copy. That's why you get different ones. You have ones that are word for word, which mm-hmm. match the Hebrew and the Greek, which is, NASB, the ESV, the King James, the New King James, and you got Thought for Thought, which is NIV, and then you got the I think the NRSV stuff like that. And the Thought for Thought, if you I have one, if you want to read it, that's fantastic. I just don't want to put somebody else's faith that they're translating it correctly for their what their their thought is, because they're not translating the word; they're translating the thought what the person was thinking. And that's why I kind of stay with word for word. Yeah, I, I'm word for word for sure. Yeah, that's nothing right. wrong with the others except passion. Well, stay away from the passion. Main thing I think we're trying to get across is uh, get your Bibles out this year. Make this the year, your resolution. And you don't have to spend three hours a day trying to read. You Just don't have five, 15, 20 10, minutes. Start small and then yeah. start building up. You may find that uh, the strength and encouragement that you receive from it is going to cause you to to begin reading it more often. But that's our hope for you guys, mm-hmm. you yeah. listeners this year, is that you will. Yeah, you can read these again before we go? Yeah, uh, just to follow up here. <clears throat> Here's what reading the Bible every day. And these are, where did, where did you get week. these statistics? The Jerry? Power Four is, it is from the center of the Bible encouragement. Okay. It's the four times a week thing. From that, here's the stats. Feeling loneliness. Your feeling of loneliness drops Thirty percent. Your anger issues, they drop thirty-two percent. Bitterness in relationships, that drops forty percent. Alcoholism, here's a big one, that drops fifty-seven percent. Sex outside of marriage drops sixty-eight percent. Feeling spiritually stagnant. That drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. Sharing your faith with others jumps 200%. And discipling, what is, I don't know what that means. Discipling, discipling others. Teaching, spreading the gospel. Spreading the gospel. Yeah, spreading the gospel. Yeah. Your willingness to get out and teach the gospel is increased by 230%. So, yeah. Some really good things, some, some healthy benefits and... Not the facts. least of which is saving Straight your soul. Facts. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. 
you can help life. save somebody else. relationship with Jesus. Yeah. If you've heard this one before, this is actually one of them we did the very one. first time, but we never put it on Spotify. We just left it kind of on my church's website on Facebook. So if you heard some, something similar, we yes, we and had to discuss it. the sound quality was pretty. The sound quality was bad, so we decided to redo it for our first one this season. And uh, we appreciate it for everybody out there. Mm-hmm. Been a good talk. Very good. Yeah, good way to kick the, the new season, the new year off. And speaking of yeah. that, where are we at? <clears throat> we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook. If you want to find us on Facebook and give us a follow, we'd sure appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on Cousins for Christ. You will uh, see us there. We're going to try to be more active this year on mm-hmm. there with different posts throughout the week and videos we're going to put on there. And we're hopefully going to start that next week when I start filming them during here. Just not long videos, just little two or three minute questions mm-hmm. and answers and getting to know us better. Okay. And hopefully maybe if y'all want to comment where we can get to know y'all better because we appreciate everybody that comments. Absolutely. And everybody that listens, you don't know how, how grateful we are. Absolutely. All right. You want to? Shall we close in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to come here this evening to discuss your word and uh, to spread your message with others. We thank you for the strength and the encouragement that you've given us. We thank you for those spiritual blessings. We thank you for the Bible, the plan of salvation contained within. We thank you so much also for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth and he died, that through him we can have the hope of eternal life and that Through the avenue of prayer, we have a way to come to you and ask for forgiveness, and we know that we will be forgiven. We ask you, Lord, to to bless everyone. Uh, We thank you for the listeners. We ask you, Lord, to be with them. Uh, Be with us this year that we will renew our faith and try to be stronger Christians. We thank you for all your blessings, Lord. All of these things we are thankful for, and we offer this prayer through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.